0: The following is a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network.
1: Hi, and welcome to the bike goes on. This is Brian Casey with Sondra Bernstein. We are in Sonoma.
0: We're back in Sonoma. Back, that's right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're back home, and we've got uh, we've got some cool stuff in front of us and a cool person in front of us. But we've got wine, we've got salt, we've got these tinctures, or. I don't even know what they are yet. I think we're going to find out.
0: We are going to find out. Yeah. I'm so excited to introduce Eileen Gordon to the show. Yeah. Um, someone I am so in awe of her creativity and her project called Barn Barnraiser, which I think is so awesome and so relevant for where we are with food and how, well, I'm going to let you tell the story. Of how you got started. But anyway, welcome to The Bike Goes On.
1: Welcome to The Bike Goes On. Thank
2: you. It's so fun to be here. Yeah. One valley over.
0: Yes, one valley over. Came Mm -hmm. over the hill.
2: Yeah. So, well, Barnraiser, what it is right now is, I like to say, it's kind of an online gathering place for us, for foodies, for farmers, Um, and then we say sort of for futurists because what i find so interesting is that um, the way people are treating food and their relationship to food is continually evolving so what does the modern eater want really so barn Raiser is a gathering place and a marketplace um, and we connect people to amazing food producers small batch and local food producers and the farms and the farmers that support this great ecosystem and this revolution that we're in toward better for you food more tasty more healthy food cleaner and better for the planet food which is so amazing and, and also like
0: I would guess like I always thought of it as like the kickstarter for food like the first kickstarter for food yeah with that focus well
2: I'm definitely a poster child for you know the journey is mm-hmm. what it's all about not necessarily right. the destination exactly. um, but really I started barnraiser several years ago with the mission of helping this massive interest in the in the form of the consumers um, to support this change in how we're eating and to support the people changing how we farm, eat, and live. So it was really, and it was launched as a Kickstarter of sorts. Mm-hmm. And in the first couple years, we um, allowed people and saw that people raised millions of dollars for wow. projects in 40 states. And very, very interesting what people were doing in every corner of America, how they were in small, medium, and large ways, working to rebuild our food ecosystem. How did people find you? Um, well, we told the stories in a lot of places, and we talked to the farmers, and especially the sustainable and organic farmers, the people changing the movement. We talked to all kinds of um, wonderful local food guilds. Mm-hmm. There's a, a guild and an, um, sort of a marketing group for every category of food, for mm-hmm. cheese, cheese, spirits there's even something called the the small batch wine association now right Mm -hmm. so we really talked to everybody in the the good food world Mm -hmm. and told them about it and um what i was so fascinated by was first of all that this was not a coastal idea this was an idea that you know one of our very first projects was um seven brand new farmers straight out of college oh. organic farmers in the panhandle of florida would come out of college with a mission and created a great cooperative farm off of some very dead swamp land wow. in the panhandle of florida they and doing they actually algae? they were not doing algae <laughs> because they weren't near the water but they actually raised money because their their co-op their their sort of um membership they wanted it to be um Every single aspect of the diet. So they wanted to actually have nuts, and they wanted to have fruit, and of course they were going to have meat and cheese and all these things. So it was a whole CSA, wow. uh-huh. whole diet CSA uh-huh. program. Um, but another one was a, a is a really darling um, Bay Area farm called Eat Well Farms, and they mm. raised money to add a whole line of poultry to their offering. That was really saving a food waste problem. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting how um, every aspect of these projects had a social mission, had an environmental mission, had a health mission. And so, you know, Barnraiser is a place where any $1 spent here has actually got this ripple effect through change. That's pretty astounding. Of course, a lot of women-owned businesses, a lot of family-owned farms and small businesses. And so really, um, our mission is expanded to r- build an enormous aggregation of small businesses and to let them to succeed in a big way. Um, better margins, lower effort mm-hmm. at selling things, and, and an easier way to connect with the passionate consumers. That's amazing.
1: And what is the criteria for, for being able to have your product on Barnraiser? Is there certain rules that people have to follow?
2: Yeah, we're really looking for people that are um, building emerging food products along sort of certainly natural and organic. But then what's interesting is these other characteristics that are starting to um, become part of the conversation. So um, is the food containing any ingredients that are upcycled or saved from what otherwise Mm -hmm. might go to waste? um like are the farms the, regenerative
1: yeah sorry i was going to mention like, the, like like the guys who were realized that uh, i think they were college guys that were uh, loved beer yes and they, regrained they couldn't really afford the the microbrewery beer so they realized that they were throwing out all these grains and so they they That's started right. picking them up i thought that was a great story. What did they make yeah
2: they regrained launched on barn razor a couple years ago and they make oh. highly nutritious energy bars okay. out of the grains that they save, painstakingly, I might add, this is not easy work, <laughs> from the microbreweries because they did see that this grain wasn't used in the beer making process for long. And then they did a whole bunch of research. So. Wow. Um, or Pulp Pantry that takes all of the waste and all the juice bars and makes a grain-free granola out of it. Um, so there's all these interesting mm. things that are happening. So we talk about food waste and upcycling. So that's a big topic. Um, bio, you know, bioavailability and nutrient mm. density is going to become a really big topic because people are understanding that, you know, there's food that packs more of a punch, and mm-hmm. then there's food that's also really helping to regenerate our soil mm-hmm. um, or help to take, um, you know, reduce climate change. So those are things that people are starting to connect the dots on. There's um, a really fabulous new baby food line called White Leaf, and mm. all of their product is made with the all of the source of their ingredients are from regenerative farms. Wow. Now so, I mean what, millennials what is regenerative right farm. farm? Um, so it's biodynamic Plus, plus, which is people are actually starting to use farming practices that look at either not introducing carbon into the atmosphere mm-hmm. or actually pulling it pulling, out. Okay. So it's super interesting. Okay. And Demeter, which is an organic certifier of farms from Europe, mm-hmm. has certified 200 biodynamic farms in America. Mm-hmm. But when you start to connect health and the source of the food and what what's happening in farming consumers are actually starting to be really interested in these Mm -hmm. topics. And they're not necessarily going to make all decisions based on them. We don't want analysis paralysis. Right. But Barn Raisers got 30,000 items already profiled and tagged. And so um, we're becoming a very collaborative community where people like you both, who are incredible guides and storytellers of good food and wine cannot actually curate your own collections and tell people what you know and love. And everything on, on Barn Razor is tagged. So if I happen to be a consumer that's really, really interested in upcycling, mm. I'll get notifications when a new product comes on the system mm. that's using that, or a project, or on a movie, your or a story. Or yes. on Twitter, or on. Pushed out to all the networks, but, but as a Barnraiser user, you'll get notified. Okay. So remember, we're trying to make it easy to connect. The and dots do you have an app now? No, it's it's still online. It's mobile web. Mobile. Okay, well, that still works. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Thank God. So really surfacing what's Mm -hmm. exciting and interesting, the characteristics. Often these things are sort of stuck on the back label and people aren't going to find them or they're stuck on the website of this company. They're really not going to find them. Mm -hmm. Um, And... mm -hmm our gestalt is to to make sure that america has a really thriving and robust small business economy for the people doing it right and today it's hard for them to get established in retail absolutely and there's no good win right so you know you had your um, prior guest the baker on and he talked about not wanting to sell into retail because you don't make enough right the truth is there's a lot of confusion and collapse going on in retail. And it's very difficult to get established, but the products are amazing. There's so much innovation. Mm-hmm. So many people are doing great things and well, doing the, the right things. Stories are fascinating, and consumers want diversity. And I, I think they want to connect the dots more easily. So yeah. that's why we're here. Yeah. Now, do you do you think when
0: the legislation on the cottage industry changed that? also helped increase people come to you
2: um, or, you know, the things that we're selling and will mm-hmm. be selling are all products that are um, certified and ready for retail. And that's really important so okay, they have to so have all coded they have to have all their certifications mm-hmm. and they have to be made in a um certified facility this, okay. yeah so things that are made at home are not really um even if they have a number right now if they do and they're all certified mm-hmm. they're fine but um really our belief is that there's thousands of good products that are either sold in very small mm-hmm. Um, shops, or at farmers markets, or even they are widely distributed that millions of people don't know about. Right, and when they're purchased on Barn Razor the producer's doing better. Right, right. At the so end of the day, so they're getting the producers. Getting a direct relationship, right. and they're getting their consumer. a much higher margin at much lower risk. And we know mm-hmm. this is an issue from the wine industry. It's certainly an issue from specialty food, mm-hmm. but specialty food is is growing at a really good rate, um,
0: which is amazing. Considering there's like, remember how many products we saw at the fancy food show? Yeah, right. It was like we recorded That's there for right. some of our episode. It was insane. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, I, it was just like. <laughs> yeah
2: i mean it's amazing that there's still things that can be created so you know etsy gave a market to people making yes highly crafted items and we are going to do the same for good food i and love it yeah. Yeah. i love that i love
0: that analogy yeah. because that makes it really understandable i think to everybody
2: and and being a a good food community um we also let people continue to not only buy but give and donate find the farms that they care about Mm -hmm. um and it's fabulous we just launched so excited about this product it's a um sustainably farmed fish jerky so dry fish jerky exceptionally seasoned Mm. delicious high protein you know it fits all of that you want to snack on the go Um, And these three young men who are running this company care deeply about the fisheries that they work with. And so you can imagine now how just creating a web of connectivity for consumers allows them to do more. Mm-hmm. And it allows the producers to say, "Hey, here are the people that we need to support as well. The whole ecosystem needs to be supported, not just mm-hmm. the packaged foods that are the
0: result. Right, right, right. How you get there, the journey to get the final product, and then get it into people's hands. Yes, yeah, I love it. So I love it.
2: Discovery, connection, mm-hmm. shopping, mm-hmm. and giving. do you have to be a member
0: to buy? Or can anybody go on and buy?
2: Anyone can go on and buy, mm-hmm.
0: yes. But you could always add a membership and get some, make some more money.
2: Actually, we're going to do a um, CSA surprise you curated box. Oh,
0: I love that! Yes, it will
2: be very yeah, fun. Yeah, I would like that. Yeah.
0: Do you know I get a subscription? Well, I was getting the subscription from Boxu. Yeah. Which is the Japanese snack company? I did that. I actually stopped it because I think there's so much sodium in all those things. <laughs> yeah. But. Um, well, you I also, would love ours. oh, I'm going to do it. <laughs> I'm going to sign up. And then um, I get a scribe subscription. So yeah. I get these notebooks and pens <laughs> once a month for like 28 bucks probably less expensive if I just would buy them at the store, but I love getting the surprise. I never know what I'm going to get. I love it. Yeah. So I have a million half written in notebooks. (laughs) Fabulous.
2: Well, when
1: when you say surprise, is there parameters? Can people put in, you know, I don't eat meat, I don't like peas, (laughs) or is it like that? Or it's just you're sending something to them and they can give it to friends. Well, I think there's a couple
2: ways that we will do it for sure, Mm. but what has been requested most often is the discovery box mm-hmm. really just send me some interesting things right. that I don't know about because I can always find someone who does um, and again we're not really doing anything that's not that's perishable at the moment right. um, and there's so many exciting things to share and those stories will get you know you as a forager who's always looking mm-hmm. for new things mm-hmm. um, excited but the other thing that's fun about Barnraiser it's community curated so everyone who has a secret ingredient Mm -hmm. or some things in their pantry that they really want their friends to know about can recommend those products and they can be, they can be, um, turned on and made live within 24 hours once the producer says yes. So it's all very easy. Wait a
1: minute. So you're saying if someone has an existing product that's already out there in the market, that's not on BarnRaiser. that someone that goes on BarnRaiser can recommend that product Absolutely. they can then say go ahead and sell our product there and they can go direct Absolutely. to the consumer and now yeah.
0: do you have to have it in house or is nope. everything drop it's all drop ship so even the discovery is going to be drop shipped or you'll figure out how much you need and uh, the discovery box will not be dropped right you'll have but, to curate
2: yeah. it and then that's right buy a certain amount and we're we're literally flooded with hundreds of exciting ideas every month oh i can't imagine yeah so let me talk to you about just a couple just to give you some examples Mm -hmm. um i did bring these little tinctures i'm going to start with this because this is one of my favorite finds but um this is an example of the category as food as medicine so food is becoming more and more functional Mm -hmm. right um and um sexy spice is Love a line of hot sauces mm-hmm Thank you actually um, chili based tonics we can call them too or elixirs but they're highly concentrated made by an herbalist Wow from Oakland what do you do with them Well they have each one is made from a different, Small batch of heirloom chilies. Mm-hmm. Love it. Purchased at the Heirloom Festival in Sonoma oh, County in
0: September. Uh-huh. So fun. That's awesome. If you guys so haven't been there, you I need have, to go there. I've, I think I did a talk there one year. And um, then
2: each chili has different properties. And, and um, so he mixes them with superfoods called adaptogens, which help to balance your stress hormones.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So adding it to a liquid, oh, adding your it to. Sex
0: or, a, I'm definitely not having these. You're <laughs> what am I going to do? Hormones. What would I do with extra sex hormones <laughs> stress in my life hormones. Right now? Oh, stress, not sex. sex? Stress, and you keep hearing sex. Well, she's, she's, <laughs> she's reading. Sex. I know, I know. Well, Wait a sec. So for stress hormones, I need stress hormone stuff. Okay. You might need sex hormones, too. I'm not sure,
2: because it keeps coming out of your mouth. I know. Okay. Right. Oh, my God. But... You know, it's fascinating. But do you so add it to other food, or it's do you... just like a hot sauce? You oh, use it fabulous. Just like a hot sauce, and each one they're very, very concentrated and very hot. I hope. Are you going to start sweating? I know. Did you use the? Did you taste the one with the habanero? Are you going to start
0: sweating on the air? Oh my god! He <laughs> yes.
1: This and is awesome.
2: Also, you know, <laughs> listeners, you can't see it's, these, but you're going to see a picture. How but fun this is—he's very poetic. Everything is made. Uh, raw and fermented in very, very small um, fermenters that are ceramic that were made mm. especially for him in Japan. He spent 10 oh, years studying goodness. the what properties. Is this person's name? Jared.
0: Jared.
2: Jared. He spent 10 years studying the properties of superfoods on the body and the ability to oh, heal. Oh, my goodness. Right? Mm-hmm. And so how he mixes these together is very specific. The next thing he's working on is a... Non-soy, but soy-style soy sauce made okay. out of mushrooms. Nice. Uh-huh. Again, highly concentrated. Oh, I love that. And like we'll get high you pictures, Nami. Yeah, high yeah unami. We'll, post,
0: we'll post these on we'll our social and get stuff. you pictures. But just so
2: cool of the fermenters. But they are styled after the first sort of ceramic wine fermenters. Oh, from like, Estonia. Uh, old amphoras. Yes, yes. So, oh, the old amphoras. Nice. Oh, cool. Ceramic. So anyway the you know um an artisan like this which has all these incredible health properties he wants to be just making more great stuff he does not want to be schlepping from show to show to show right Mm -hmm. farmer's market to farmer's market um and the selling is the challenging part and so we're here to unlock that creativity allow them to Mm -hmm. make a lot more right And And have a consumer base that is already
0: motivated to want to buy unique products.
2: And on the other side, are these consumers saying, oh my gosh, food can do that for me? Mm -hmm. You know, you've got nutritionists and herbalists and other people saying, yeah, food can do a lot for us in Mm -hmm. terms of healing. So Well, just like turmeric. I mean, like how
0: turmeric helps with diabetes and how cinnamon... um, inflammation yeah, inflammation and it's I think it's really true that it works
1: I'm definitely vibrating on a different wavelength now than I was before I tried those really
0: what what wavelength
1: I I don't know but I mean I I,
0: can feel the table it woke me up (laughs) 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 so that could be like I used to give the staff a spread like make them all drink an espresso before the shift maybe you just go okay tongues out yeah and then walk <laughs> through with the dropper. <laughs> it's, it's a it's a live
2: food, and it's wow. kept in the refrigerator. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it's really cool. Uh, you know, Wild West Ferments. I'm sure mm-hmm. from Marin County. Yeah. Same thing. Very live food. I mean, they're mm-hmm. you know you taste their food, and you you feel the flavors, but the health benefits are immediately apparent mm-hmm. because they're so high in probiotics. Um, and so it's exciting to see this whole functional food or food as medicine category it's Mm -hmm. it's exploding um the other thing i brought just because it was just we just discovered this a friend of ours the packaging is awesome too um a a fully regenerative resort in zihuataneo um, called playa viva and then this is the salt that is um hand harvested the way they do in france Mm -hmm. um but comes down from the sierra madre mountains the the waters that come down and and it's gathering all this calcium and minerals on its journey down into this bay and then it is hand dried in these big calcium rocks and there's nothing artificial or plastic anywhere in the process Mm -hmm. so high mineral content salts that are hand harvested that's what we want for our health There's great salts from all over the world. This one happens to be the first one I've seen from Mexico. And what a beautiful story. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. And so we're really excited about bringing out the stories of these products Mm -hmm. and these producers. And again, connecting consumers with the whole ecosystem and why buying this way is actually helping to shape the future of the world we want to live in. Yeah, you should do a podcast okay. with
0: every single one of these every time you have a new product. Now, it, how cool would that be? Is this
1: really made in Cuateño?
0: It's hand harvested. There. Yes. You, there. I think we should go and check it out.
1: Well, do you know what that is? That's um, my favorite movie of all time is Shawshank Redemption. And at the end, that's where he tells him to meet when when he gets out of prison after um, the guy At is, the salt fire after farm? he no, after he escapes from prison he, he tells Morgan Freeman when you finally get out on parole come meet me and say what to nail and I'm gonna and he's there um, on the beach living oh. on the beach it's very I've never heard it referenced in any other way
0: but that was referencing salt
1: very very interesting and yeah. it's delicious by the way I, I had this before I had the tinctures
0: you did yeah does it taste like different salt mm mm I mean, it's just really clean.
1: What I love about it is the, um, the crystallization. Mm-hmm. I don't like buying salt sometimes when they're too hard. They're like little, mm-hmm. and they don't dissolve this. I can see you sprinkling it on something and it just slowly dissolving onto it, really which is fun. what you want. Mm-hmm. Great finishing salt.
2: Mm. Yeah, it's beautiful, huh?
0: Yeah. It's delicious.
1: Yeah.
2: Great idea. The now, other kind of like blow your mind topic. So we just launched one online. You all know Friends of Cheese's. The Great Jelly yes, Company. Yes. They're yes. like the, the, the most esoteric jellies and jams Wait, that I just happen I to this. pair with perfectly cheese. with cheeses. Yeah. But uh, they just launched, this is my new favorite thing, a drought-responsible line of jellies. So guess can you guess what that might mean? From so the wine business, you're going to make a connection. Well, yes, I'm thinking no, that it's, like no, there's no irrigation. No, yeah, that they're, dry farmed. Yes. Right. Dry farmed fruit. So again... You guys have been storytellers for decades, and you've Mm -hmm. turned on you know hundreds of thousands of consumers to the stories of these these food and wine. So here we are now. The producers are starting to say, "Hey, dry farm matters," and I'm going to tell you about it through my jelly. Yes, right. This is so amazing. Every fruit, this one, these happen to be made from um, dry farm tomatoes. Okay, so tomato relishes and tomato, Mm -hmm. but. Uh, you we all know that some of the most of the fruit that's dry farmed, if it's dry farmed, is right. more delicious. Right. Can be Without much more question. delicious. Yeah. And our wines were dry farmed.
1: Yeah. Try and tell my wife. She keeps watering the tomatoes. Oh. She, she thinks that they're struggling. <laughs> oh. And I'm, I'm, th- I'm, I'm like, Maria, they're never going to turn red because you keep giving them all this water. What you want is for them to struggle a little bit. And then they'll start to become these beautiful tomatoes. They need to they need to get a little stressed out is good for vines.
2: I think there's a metaphor in child raising. Some, yeah, well, some amount of stress is really important, and yeah. so they build character.
1: Yeah. And then you yeah. give
0: them some sexy spice to take oh, care of the stress. Oh, yes.
1: if I could drop yeah. a little bit of that on, the, on the, the tomato the roots. And then you add the
0: mozzarella yeah. oh. from Ramini. Oh, my God. I actually, <laughs> I was at the farmer's market on Friday, and I bought some beautiful tomatoes. And I was just like, I was obsessing about burrata. I had to go buy burrata. Yeah. I was just obsessing. I never buy burrata. I love burrata. That's why I don't buy it that much. But well, I was like, for those of you that don't it.
1: know what burrata is, burrata is like a piece of mozzarella cheese, ate another piece of mozzarella <laughs> <Right>? cheese.
0: <laughs> it's pretty <laughs> and crazy. It's, I
1: think traditionally made from um buffalo, buffalo in Italy. Right. right.
0: right. I think I no, both of the ones I got I think were buffalo. Nice. Yeah. Mm. Well it's that time of year. Yeah, exactly.
2: Oh, and we need- we had a we had a buffalo. Farm, farmer oh. <laughs> project on Barn Razor from Western Marin County, of course. And uh, Ramini mozzarella and she mm-hmm. makes an exquisite Buffalo yeah. mozzarella. Wow, and this is you,
1: available commercially maybe for restaurants? They
0: probably it for have it
2: at Okay. Guess
0: where?
1: Uh the girl in the fig? No, <laughs> I don't know.
0: Probably Oliver's.
1: Oh, my favorite store ever. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'll have to look. The, no, I'm wondering for the restaurant because yeah, I think we're using we're not one. using a local one right now, but it would be nice. And it's and it's from cow, so I'd like to have, have one that's done from buffalo, yeah. Yeah, a little more traditional. Unbelievable. Yeah. I bet.
2: Yes.
0: Yeah, I do like that. Now, these products, generally, typically speaking, are not always affordable for the masses. They're very specialized and small batch, and I mean, a jar of jam for dry fire, I mean, it should be more expensive. I mean, it's more care, more everything to make it. So how do we get that in the hands of more people that can afford that?
2: Well, I think um, by allowing the producer to make more money than they do in retail, over time we will have the Mm -hmm. opportunity to switch the price over time right um that will not happen overnight no it's gonna but the demand is there Mm -hmm. what's wrong right now is that at retail the wrong people are making the money exactly and it is actually pushing small producers out of the system or making it impossible for them to do what they do best. Mm -hmm. So again, I'll go back to the analogy of if you have a place where millions of people are finding and engaging, and and we say at Barnraiser, it's every bite counts, which means if you're sharing something, you're doing good for the system, Mm -hmm. for the ecosystem. If you're buying something, if you're giving, but even if you're just talking about and telling people about everything that's here you are doing great right. things to grow this ecosystem yeah and we need to grow it but if we just growed it sorry grew it inside <laughs> I of food, like I like if we that. just grew yeah. it inside of excuse me whole foods mm-hmm. right you guess only who's get not like making the money two per, right. yeah it's unfortunate and yeah. also it's changing a lot those places are changing a lot mm-hmm. um you know Smoked Olive, you know, a lovely Uh gourmet darling right here in Sonoma. I mean, they've been in the gourmet food industry for decades, but all those shops are gone Mm -hmm. for the most part. Those specialty shops are gone. There's still some in Northern Mm California, but there's less shelf space for them to participate in with less margin. Right. So um, I think also when your food packs more of a punch, more flavor... Mm -hmm. more nutrients you don't need volume as much much. you don't need it you're satiated Mm -hmm. right your palate is satiated your body's getting the nutrition it needs Mm -hmm. so our food needs to do more so the first time michael started talking about gray salt on television 15 years ago and then explain the story about whole salts on every single episode, mm-hmm. it's like, if you're using good salt, you're not going to be craving. Right. So, yes, it's a little more expensive. Yeah. But you don't need as much. It's going to last You won't need longer. as much food either because right. you're actually getting the flavor of everything. Well, so I the think pa- it's a quality yeah. mm-hmm, versus um, quantity. And um, this is very interesting, Generation Z, okay, so that's anyone born after 2000. So that's my child, your child, Brian. And that Generation Z is going to be the first group to spend more on food than they do on music technology clothing. Uh, that's exciting. And food is becoming this form of self-expression. It's yeah. really micro-nuanced, but it's who I am. So our 12-year-old has a BMX bike. And it's got a kombucha sticker on the, on the <laughs> neck. And that kombucha uh-huh. is uh-huh. one of the best, most artisanal kombuchas right. that he could find. But their friends all started talking about it with each other. And they really dug it.
0: We have a new kombucha bar I didn't bar introduce here. it to them.
2: Yeah. Wow. So think about that.
0: There's a kombucha bar now on Highway 12. Exciting. And they have kombucha and like skate park kind of thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's fascinating. Yes. Yeah, so there you go. Originals. Right
2: yeah the yeah boundary. this yeah I
1: know yeah. it's been in the works, yeah, yeah, it's very cool, yeah, the kids talk at school, and they they do they share stories, and so sometimes my daughter comes home, I have no idea where she comes, you Talking know she about. she does she doesn't know the specific person that she heard it from, but she yeah, she's all of a sudden curious about something,
2: well, Aiden was seven, and we were listening to some you know serious x m or some something came on about McDonald's and he said, well, you know, mom, McDonald's <laughs> is Losing money because they give people cancer, and I was like, "Wow, we don't talk about that at home." Right. <laughs> and yeah, so it's in the it's in the the ether that they hear about and talk about all this stuff. So they're going to be a fascinating generation of eaters.
0: Now, I th- what I think is like really relevant right now is the Impossible Burger going to Burger King. I yeah. saw now that commercial talk about getting something mainstream that is so different and so boosted on this philosophy of you know eating plant more plant-based foods and food that's better for you I, I think it's wild
2: well I really love it because we're not talking to the echo chamber anymore Exactly. So, for about 15 years, I think the food movement, we were all kind of talking to ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. And it was only so, it was the big a very conversation small was only part so of big. People. Yeah. And in the last six months, you know, I've met an ex NFL player from the Chicago Bears who's vegan. Then they did a whole story on these Olympic athletes that are vegan. Then there was just another story about one of the tennis players who's vegan. And it just is sort of the plant, and it's different than the PETA movement. It's very mm-hmm. different. It's right. Like, the pe- I love that. i got to be responsible about the planet and Mm -hmm. why wouldn't I start to eat this way so when we think back to Michael Pollan's book and how long ago that seems but here it is sort of coming forth pretty quickly yeah it's I mean it's
0: impressive I wanted to ask you about um, well I remember one of the one of the things I think that I talked to you about years ago was when I launched the Fig Foundation, um, which is my foundation for food entrepreneurs, and we're definitely still very, very small, starting this now so that when I pass to the next place wherever I'm going, there'll be a nice chunk of change for someone to keep giving people. But I thought, wow, there are gonna be tons of people that will go through Barnraiser and either be helped or vetted or, you know, educated through and then there's going to be a certain percentage that aren't and I'm like send them to me because maybe these are the people that I could help the second strings that you know maybe they're not ready for the marketplace but they need a boost
2: so it's like an incubator of, for new food ideas? Nah, or more, Well, more
0: grants. I give grants, small grants oh, to people that are in food or wine or farming oh, or food education or, yeah, things that... I feel like I'm so grateful that I got a loan when I started out and, you know was like wow if i never got that i wouldn't be sitting here i don't know what i'd still be at tgi fridays (laughs) i think serving i
2: just love that and i think there's ways for us to partner together Mm -hmm. now i mean the again what our initial barn raiser was just about fundraising and some of the things that people did well they were all very extraordinary and they and they will continue to be right um and so um my invitation is that we match funds yours oh, and people fun. on the platform and so they know that if they get to a certain point your funds can mm-hmm. match right and then they get more money i love that um but just you know you asked a, a but a you're couple, not a 501 c3 no it goes to their it, it would goes go to them, to them yeah or, i have to yeah.
0: f- that i would have to figure out
2: yeah um, but what's exciting is, you know, what are people doing? There, um, we talked about our our biodynamic farmer for our vineyard, amigo Bob Cantisano, who's been over thirty five years doing organic farming, is actually definitely part of the wisdom keepers in organic farming, mm. and they they do this great conference at Eco Farm in January every every is that January. Is back east or here? It's here. Mm-hmm. It's at Asilomar. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love that place down by Mm -hmm. Monterey, and (laughs) you know they—they—they're talking about really interesting things because they really have have um, ushered in this movement and helped farmers convert to organic and then biodynamic farming and Mm -hmm. next will be regenerative Mm -hmm. and they have so much knowledge and so one of one of the first projects that was funded was amigo bob's project of um, finding 80 varieties of heirloom fruit and nut trees that were growing in the wild Mm -hmm. in the sierra foothills that were from the 1800s Wow! So you talk about a wealth of a heritage, plant heritage, right? Mm -hmm. These are things that have never been eaten by other people or tasted by other people, but they were part of the first generation of um, plant material that was brought into California and tested for agriculture. And so it's biodiversity at its Mm -hmm. best. And of course, like we know in wine with vines, anything that has survived and is fruiting Mm -hmm. over 100 years later has been, you know very hardy drought resistant climate resistant mm-hmm. disease resistant mm-hmm. and flavorful yeah so his fundraising project on barnraiser was to create the master mother orchard oh. of these plants and he had cataloged all of them so these are That's exciting craft people and are then doing. how yeah. do you
1: so let's say he finds a certain type of apple or something that no one's ever seen before then what is he doing is he actually taking those apples and then getting the seeds and replanting
2: yeah, the, so making a master mother orchard means that he's actually creating um, the plant material that then can be purchased and planted by other people all over.
1: Okay. That's so it's fabulous. It's fabulous. So, so
2: his, his website is the Felix Gillet Institute, I believe, and we'll put that on your website. Perfect. But you can actually now go and buy some of these really great heirloom um, varieties and plant them yourself. So the other people that are doing that, Dan
0: Barber yeah with row seven yes is that what it's called row seven seeds yes some of the most any i think he's doing a little bit with tucker taylor yep wow. and some of the most incredible purple green beans that you've ever seen and wow. they're like mini squashes and many you know some things that and they're testing them and they're planting them and they're taking the seeds and i find it absolutely fascinating and this is the stuff that needs to get into the schools
2: well, and the Sonoma, the sorry, the um, seed bank in Petaluma, Yeah. right there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I don't know where they are though now. They, I, I, I don't they either. Where did they move? Yeah. yeah. Well, well, they, they have,
0: had one Midwest, I think, and then they had opened that. So I don't know. They
2: are from the Midwest and they're highly established. So maybe mm-hmm. they're just they doing have, it through yeah. their catalog. But Which they have, makes I sense. believe, I want to say, oh, a gathering of ten thousand people every year yeah. in yeah. the Midwest, and then the heirloom festival yeah. here which is huge it was huge
1: and petaluma is it did your mom grow up in petaluma
2: my mom did grow up in petaluma so um even though we grew up on the east coast we took right. this really great pilgrimage every summer out here and uh, it was like a whole nother world so like going to east another coast? planet because we got to spend time on my aunt and uncle's ranch in olima oh, and so fabulous. my cousins are the Point Reyes Blue cheese, Jill gals. and all that. No I love way. them. Yeah. yeah, so that's I love fun. Love them. Um, but Swiss Italian dairy ranchers, and mm-hmm. um, uh, and some of them had orchards and other things. A few of them were down in the Hollister area, but mostly up here in um, Sonoma County and Marin County. Mm. Where on the East Coast? Uh, in Virginia. In Virginia, outside okay. of DC. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Nice. yeah so when I moved to San Francisco, I worked at Apple Computer and did a whole bunch of stuff with education and learning and uh-huh. and then um, once I joined the, the, the food tribe, mm-hmm. um, you know coming back to educating new generations about the exciting things happening in food is really was really the first, Step I took toward barn mm-hmm. I mean, I think it sort of stems from having a child and thinking about legacy. Yeah. And then I took Aiden uh, to a farm called Connolly Ranch when yes. he was four. <laughs> yeah, want to talk about Connolly Farm? <laughs> His birthday party, and I was like, "Wow, these kids are super excited here. We should do something with this." Mm-hmm. Um, and just months later, we had created an adventure camp called Dirt to Dine Adventures oh, and filmed it all. Oh my goodness. And, And then it was like, oh, the parents don't want to leave. (laughs) This is five days, five food groups on this sustainable farm that had wild foraged things. It had bees. It had a beautiful vegetable garden, pizza oven. And then, of course, it had heirloom fruit trees that were so old they couldn't identify what kind of apples they were. Mm. Right. Um, And then they had goats and chickens. And so we got to show them how all of the major food groups are part of this orchestra of plants, animals and critters working together and how nothing is wasted. You know, so their first morning, I mean, they (laughs) (laughs) this is this is why adults didn't want to leave because it was so fun. You know, they would go on a little walking tour to feed the goats We would start in the garden, they would go over to the apple trees and get all the stuff that was on the ground that had fallen, that was halfway rotting and leave some for, you know, for the bugs and the squirrels, but take some other ones and we go feed the goats with these apples and these um, plants that we would pick. And then they would, of course, have to rake up all the manure and poop Mm -hmm. from the goats and then take Mm -hmm. that over to the compost pile and then get the fresh dirt at the other end of the composter, feed the plants. And here's the whole cycle, yeah. and they're like so great, oh. yeah, um, and just the best educators over there, and and because kids are involved in the, the the planting, the harvesting, cultivating, and then um, cooking.
1: So uh, I, I'm curious about Connolly Farms. Is that something that is that a program that is still ongoing?
2: Yeah, Connolly okay. Ranch was um, donated um, by Peggy Connolly to. Um, the land trust in Napa County, and became and her stipulation was that it was used for the education of children about farm life, farm animals, um, and that was that was it. And so it's a fabulous nonprofit run by a wonderful team of people, and they bring kids all school year long, and then all summer for different programs. And oh, wow. it's basically um, preschool all the way through teenagers.
1: Oh great! Okay, because I was curious about my daughter, yeah. and I was bummed that I hadn't heard of this before because it it looked beautiful, and the kids like, like like having a great time. And you know, my daughter is is probably like a lot of kids where if you grab a tomato at Oliver's and you bring it home she's not as interested as when she goes and Mm -hmm. picks it off of the tomato plant in our garden for some reason they will be more adventurous when they Mm -hmm. have some some stake in it when they get the
2: skin in the game yeah Yeah, they participate
1: then they they all of a sudden start eating things that you didn't realize I saw them even making pasta um at at the Connolly Ranch I mean these kids were like Mm. rolling out pasta the best yeah Mm.
2: well so i guess i took a little bit of my knowledge from education from my days at apple and you know this kids are tactile they're curious like all five senses active nature i mean what's not to love about cooking and food Mm. if you get them into it they are definitely going to open up other pathways um and they don't want to be controlled so if they can participate Mm. then they have that
1: Right. They and it looked something. like a lot of things were at their level. Sometimes it's as simple as having a lower table. Yes. Or a it lower is. counter. Oh, it is. Where it's it's just access for them, where it makes things easier for them. Yeah. yeah.
2: Um when Aiden was small, it was like, okay, you're up on the table and there was a really important thing that we did, which was if the if there was stress around the dinner or what needed to be cooked or people were coming over, there was a timing constraint or whatever. That's not when we let him participate. Yeah, right. But when there wasn't, it was like, have at. And if mm-hmm. you make a mess, you make a mess. So okay. everything we were doing, he had his own version to just play, uh. literally. And it was well, messy. I mean, it's
0: like you're in, a, you're in a family that's about food yeah. all the time. You think he'll end up in the food business? <laughs>
2: He's just now 13 and I watch him literally cook Mm. eggs, brown butter eggs with Mm. salt that he's got the, you know, the Mm -hmm. whole,
1: you got to drop it from up here. You got to drop it and you're, you're, you're doing the circular motion and there's a bit of a thing. He's learning from the the theater, the theater of it,
2: but he's making them for all of his 15 and 16 year old friends. And I'm just like, this is the coolest The minute you have any confidence about cooking, it it just makes your life better. Yeah,
1: And that's the thing is you have to let them screw up. Abby sometimes in the kitchen drives me crazy because I'm one of those people that needs to clean as I go in the kitchen. My uh, wife just is fine with everything being out. Yeah. But every step I just want to clean up after. And I've had to just step back and say, you know what? She's going to turn on the, the the mixer too high sometimes. And you just kind of want to go yeah. everywhere. Right. Just and don't
0: let her burn the house down. Yeah. No,
1: no. We can. I mean, I keep a fire extinguisher. <laughs> no, losing a finger. Right. But even, you know, she'll even pouring things. Kids just aren't they're not as uh, coordinated sometimes <laughs> as we are and so but but the only way they're gonna get coordinated is to just let them do it over and over and over that's right so you just have to remember okay it, so 40, you are the 40 chef. batches from now the, <laughs> right. it, it, she will have it down
2: yeah. yeah and it'll pay off letting them experiment yeah. right yeah Mom, it's
1: like showing them how to do laundry i mean these kids are gonna go away they're gonna leave they the house know. eventually and right yeah it's up to us You
2: ever doing right. laundry already?
1: Not yet, but I remember, I mean, I was doing laundry when I was very (laughs) young.
2: Right, That's right.
1: Her American girls, um, she has a huge American girl dollhouse and they do have a washer and dryer.
0: (laughs) Oh, good. Their clothes (laughs) are clean and pressed. And it actually goes around and makes
1: noise. That's a
0: start. So what is a typical day for you? Because you're the CEO. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, you know, when you're... I mean, well, I guess right now you kind of cha- you did a makeover and made some changes. <laughs> That's a nice in, word for it. <laughs> well, or what? What do you want to call it? Oh um, yeah, it was, it was a makeover. It was big, like yeah. <laughs> but it but the branding. I mean, I looked at it and it still feels exactly the same. You know, the meaning the same company and. I think all the beginning stuff still feels like it's there.
2: Yes, absolutely. Yeah, so
0: didn't lose anything there. It doesn't look like a different thing. But what do you do? You talk to all these people that want to come on the site, or you? What do you do?
2: Yeah. So right now it's a it's a mix of um, getting my vision. Into the designs and the engineering mm-hmm. and on the platform, so we have quite a few, <clears throat> quite a few exciting things coming up in the Ooh. next four months that um, really elevate the the ways people can connect with each other and producers, Ooh. including things like messaging a question to a producer. Oh, that's great! Um, or a producer being able to pin one of their favorite tips that a user leaves to the top of their profile or their product so that people can see things that other people know about these products which is really helpful right or what um, they
0: do or what people do with them do with them you
2: know one of my that's favorite tips the is thing. there's all these beautiful vinegars all these really mm. really good um vinegars that are made with you know infused interesting infused ingredients and one of the favorite tips i just learned the other day is just throw some sparkling water in there and you have a really healthy Mm -hmm. you know or the shrubs like yeah yeah. well it's a great way to think about vinegar and flavor and health which i didn't know about i wasn't that creative um so if a user puts that on the system and the producer of that vinegar is like yeah that's really important let's make sure that shows up first right um And curation, Mm -hmm. having people who are excited about the things that they want to save and make sets of to show other people Mm -hmm. and conversation around that. So really topics around anything that we want to talk about in food, having their own page where um, users are submitting really good video, other articles And then, of course, there's products that are on the platform already Mm -hmm. and farms and other things. So now in one place as a user, I can sort of stay on top of interesting things Mm -hmm. and keep it in one place. Today, it's very, very hard for people. They have to Mm -hmm. socially connect in one place. They have content in other places and they have shopping in other places. So this really keeps it organized for you around what you care about and then notifies you when things are interesting that have just been added or changed. Yeah, that's very and it's cool. through the eyes of community curation, which mm-hmm. is exciting. So I guess it so. You helps guys are both going to have tech. to share with the world oh, we're going to share. I'm going
0: to sign. I think I have to already have a sign up, but I'm going to sign. I'm going to make sure I get notifications. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I got to go shopping.
2: You <laughs> already just told me a couple secret products. that Yeah. You oh, I have. I'm making a whole list. So you know, you've got your fan followings yeah. and people who will discover you and know what you already know and you're about yeah but we would have to really
0: change our product ingredients to fit why um well they're all natural Mm -hmm. but there's a lot of sugar Mm -hmm. and i don't think i mean i think for our products quantity using a little bit in moderation is fine but you know, they're high. We do add sugar to our jams.
2: Oh, I don't think that's a problem. I mean, really? jams, well, jams. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You know, there's some good low sugar jams yeah. out there. But I
0: would like, yeah, I would like to reformulate it like maybe you want to
2: reformulate
0: them. Them. Yeah. Well, it's been on my mind. Maybe we'll do some of that as we repackage. Yeah. But I do think about, I mean, figs in itself are high sugar. Yes. But not enough sugar to make it a jam the right. way we right. make our jams. Right. and. Also, starting products from a restaurant base, where you're hand making a pot of jam for you know a charcuterie plate or whatever mm-hmm. you're doing, and then go okay, I'm gonna turn this into a jarred item. Mm-hmm. It's you know things change. You know the consistency changes and the flavor changes a little. And that's right. Learning some of that is. Um, pretty interesting but
2: is that some of what you help your grant recipients i, I would out? i
0: so far i've done um, farms and i did a grant with um kitchen table advisors nice and they're Allie, yeah they have there's one of their farmers has a product i need to send you which is this amazing vegetable pasta that they make mm-hmm. and um you know i think like I think one of the things that I really thrive on is making those connections, like connecting people that are doing something but they don't have it out there, yep. or they need another um, venue, or just a streamline. Like, where do people find it? So I love this connecting. Like Justine, don't you think we should introduce Justine from Next Gen Chef?
1: Oh, sure. Yeah.
0: I mean, her platform, and I think it's evolving, but she is all about good food. Food is medicine. Food is information. But she is trying to also help people get their stuff out there. But she's doing it socially in these little parties. Mm, nice. So she has like the producer come to a workspace or somewhere, and they're there and they're showing people. And it's kind of cool. It's fun. It's, it's, I love this, how creative our community is.
2: Well, because, it's pretty incredible. because we're in Sonoma, I just have to tell one more story about mm. um, one of the producers that really got me excited about doing this in the first place is a woman named Deb Rock. And mm. yeah, so she has Sonoma hot sauce. And really, she came at it from the perspective oh. of she's a farm worker advocate uh-huh. and a community organizer. And um, she had this idea of doing... Um, community condiments for every community based Mm. on a harvest that she organizes and it's a community harvest all volunteers so in Sonoma they did they did hot sauces but they went around a week after the fires and they gathered all the peppers that were growing that people weren't going to do anything with Uh either community gardens or backyard gardens or farms And within 24 hours, they are raw fermenting in these big vats. And so the one that she's got now is called Firestorm Hot Sauce. And just knowing that community by community, there's diversity Mm -hmm. and that things are live and they change and that's how it should be. Um, You know, I just love the passion of this set of people Mm -hmm. and everything that they're doing is so interesting. So she's yeah. one of my very, very first, mm. the one I, you know. That's awesome. The, when you meet these people and you say, I have to do this. We have to, mm-hmm. we have to shift and add, add this mm-hmm. to the platform.
0: Now, I think, like, good food, the Good Food
2: Awards. Yes. Perfect Amazing. platform. Amazing. Yeah.
0: They are... Um, well, I think it's interesting because you have the fancy specialty food show and it's so huge and it's like everywhere, but you have to be able to afford to get somewhere involved. So it is super, super expensive. And actually, I would run into Chef Michael there pretty much every January. I'm like, hey, because he'd be with some friends in Colorado. Yes. Um Oh, it'll come to me. But it would be very fun. You'd be on an aisle. I would see like 30, 40 people that I know going through the show. <laughs> be like, hi, good to see you this year. Everybody's um, eyes glazed over. <laughs> exactly. It's crazy. But it's such a big, and it feels so commercial. And then the Good Food Awards, which is genius. It's the same time of the year. It's like the weekend before, the weekend after. And all the small producers can submit their food um i think the second year first or second year we submitted our copa john's copa and he won an award and wow. alice waters was the speaker and bruce Idell gave him his mm-hmm. award and but it's all really small producers that are getting judged and i was a judge one year in pickles nice which was which was really crazy <laughs> it was really crazy but it was super fun like Pickles and um, kimchi. It was the first time I tasted a lot of kimchi. I, like, had no idea. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it was crazy. But I love what they've done. I love, we haven't ever entered again because I like to be, stay on the top winning. I don't like losing. (laughs) I'm too scared to do it again. Got to go back with that new
2: category that no one knows about. (laughs) Exactly.
0: But yeah, they've added spirits and they've added more departments. And it is really fun. They're mercantile. Um, You know, once they have all the winners, all the winners maybe not all of them but a lot of them can come and do a market um and sell their stuff and people are seeing it for the first time it's like
2: awesome absolutely yeah it's really great and so yeah we have all of the good food award winners on barn raiser and slowly awesome. they're starting to sell and it is a fabulous, again, just letting a user know that the Good Food Awards is a thing. Mm-hmm. And then they can start to see and use that as a criteria if they want. Right. And it is in every small batch specialty category. Yeah. And they have great judges. Oh, they're really all food fabulous people. Food all food people. people. Um, and they were really established to, as you said, to try and get these smaller producers into retail and help mm-hmm. them market. Right. Right. And then there's the natural and organic product right. expo, In which LA, is 100,000 visitors a yet. day.
0: Yeah. Wow. It's huge. Yeah, I don't think I can. Yeah. It's exploding. I haven't done it.
2: Yeah. You might. Yeah. One One I mean, I actually I think go. the innovation there is really high. It must be way higher. Yeah. 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 Because that's the
0: trending it just area. Exactly. Yeah. It's can
1: we talk about your wine? Of course. Oh, so make
2: very little. <laughs> uh-huh. So,
1: so what what was the story? So you purchased the property, and it had a vineyard that was in some serious
2: two vineyards that were fallow, but over a hundred, almost a hundred years old at that time, ninety mm-hmm. years old.
1: And all Cabernet?
2: No, mm-hmm. there was an old vine Zinfandel vineyard and Petite Sirah vineyard. And mm-hmm. the Petite Sirah vineyard, I think UC Davis found six or seven different cultivars right. that wow. had never, some of them they had never seen. But the property was um, not being farmed and probably hadn't been farmed for at least 10 years, if not 20.
1: How is that possible that there's a piece of property in Napa that has vines? Well, we're talking about
2: 22 years ago. Okay. um, 99 was the first varietal, Mm -hmm. first bottling. vintage, yeah. 98 or 99. And so it took a couple of years for Michael to clear out. The property and start to farm it and biodynamically. He did it himself? Yeah, with not a little bit of help, but yeah. there was you know trees and everything, and these old vines were kind of a mess. But then they started producing beautiful fruit again, and um, he wanted to keep the heritage of these mm. vineyards. And then around those, we planted the Cabernet. So the Eileen Cabernet was mm. was planted. And the first vintage from uh, 2001, maybe 2003, something like that. I'm dragging my memory, but. Um, for the
0: land, because that's Cabernet grows so well in Napa, or is that like your favorite varietal?
2: It grows really well there mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. is a Grace Family Vineyards clone oh. mm-hmm. You know the whole Trading mm-hmm. slash Stealing Budwood Stories that go around no. How yeah. <laughs> do you get your hands On uh-huh. something you really like yeah. uh-huh. um, And I mean Michael's not I think Cabernet is often too rigid for this style of cooking and mm-hmm. eating that, that passing the food up and down the table and everything's family style. And, right. you know, the wine has to go with a lot of different things. So Zinfandel is great for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, Petit Syrah is just strange and yeah. odd and, you know, <laughs> it's got its... Odd, but it was so historical. These vines were planted before Prohibition. Wow. And kept alive. Are you making a Petit Syrah? No, so we stopped okay. making that. That okay. those vineyards were pretty small, but yeah. but over time we planted cabernet around them and mm-hmm. more zinfandel. So that that's the basic story. They were mm-hmm. always had pruned and dry farmed mm-hmm. from day 1 because they've never been irrigated except by nature. Right. Mm-hmm. And we didn't change that. And, and so these it, old vines were a labor of love.
1: And you sort of have you created a little biodynamic um um, area around your house. I mean, are you have fruit trees and garden and, and yeah. animals and, and so you've got, a, you've got a nice little and
0: horns filled with <laughs> <manure>. <laughs> well, <no. laughs> well, I'm not sure
2: if we would be certified by Demeter because yeah. I don't think we do everything by the moon and all that stuff. Right, right. But, right. You, don't but dance, you have a diverse ecosystem. And- what was interesting about watching? From in in lockstep with the biodynamic farming, which is really cleaning up the soil and the inputs to the soil, and then using plants, other plants for what you need to get done, and making sure things are in balance, was the level of animal uh, animals just sort of starting to show up again on this property. Oh wow! So the adjacent property and ours was a forty-acre farm, an individual farm, and it's. Um, so anyway, there wasn't a lot going on, and then all of a sudden there was. Yeah. Then then it was the, you know, more ducks, and then the geese stopping, and quails, mm. and then more quails, more rabbits. You know, it was just fascinating. This is over a course of, like, 15 years. You just see these things starting to come back, yeah. mm. and everything just feels fertile. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. So I don't buy yeah. into the idea that we have to use monoculture GMO crops to feed the world i buy into the idea that we need to have better more nutritious plants right and healthy soil especially topsoil all over the world is sort of Getting depleted, so we better right. do something about that. Right.
1: Uh, if you want, I don't listen- want
2: my food to be grown in like yeah fake, fake, fake soil indoor or, yeah. server yeah. farm yeah, right. kind right. of right. things. Like right. yeah. all of it. It's
0: um,
1: there's yeah. an interesting TED talk that, that I recommend for a lot of people. It's by Alan Savory. A L L A N um, Savory. S A V O R Y about um, um, the desertification of a lot of the um, land on the planet and how. Um, using grazing animals can actually bring back um, a lot of these um, places that have become deserts. And it's people tend to think the opposite, that if animals are coming through, that it's making it more barren. But no, right. it's, a, it's a whole. And, and if you go down to Topless Creek, actually, Nathan Stewart down there is doing a great job with the uh, with his uh, sheep down there. And doing the same thing with the forests and, and with the vineyard. Um, and, and what you're doing is that a lot of it is uh, regenerative farming, which isn't easy to say, but okay. it's the new, <laughs> you know, people used to say sustainable farming. Now it's not about sustainable farming. It's about regenerative. Let's not leave the land just as good as it was when we found it, but let's actually let's improve it, it. And let's start doing some carbon farming where you're actually, your land is holding more water, which is becoming more useful as well. And it's holding
2: more water or it's pulling, you know, carbon out of the atmosphere. Yeah. So it's really, I don't know, have you guys seen what they're doing um, with the the Kernza grasses? No. Mm-mm. Yeah, so um, it's really, really amazing. They're just, they're making beer out of it and they're making breads out of it and everything but this is a certain type of grass where the roots go really far down and it does sequester carbon in the soil and it doesn't have to be tilled right so part of the regenerative is
0: yeah wow yeah and it's what is it called it's a kernza kernza Uh uh-huh k or c with a k with a k kernza yep um now that's fascinating I I think it's interesting if like about, we were, we farmed the three and a half acres and imagery, which was, um, certified biodynamic, which was incredible. I mean, so we definitely got some training from Colby, Mm -hmm. um, who was amazing and to make sure that we were doing everything right. And it was fascinating. And one of the things I loved the most was the insectary all the plants (laughs) that were because they were beautiful yeah but they the way it was planted they planted things that they needed there yeah that would keep pollinating and keep you know and the boxes for the owls and you know to take care of the natural predators and it was it, it was fascinating it was really good information for us to learn as restaurant people and really knowing how the earth works. But there's been a few people locally that have been working on um, charcoal and carbon. Mm -hmm. And I think some of those businesses are getting big.
1: Yeah. Well, I know it's a big focus of Stemple Creek too, as well. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of the farmers out there, dairy farmers are starting to realize that. Yeah. They got
0: to fix something.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And it's just learning about it. Right. You know, it it doesn't mean that it's more expensive necessarily. It's just learning a different, a different way. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there's natural solutions. You don't, like you said, with the owl boxes, you don't have to put down out the blue pellets that poison the ground squirrels. And then, and then then the falcons or eagles don't want to eat them. The owls don't want to eat them. You get an owl box, you put it up there and you'll see a hundred, dead mice uh, <laughs> at the end of the season you won't
0: see them because no, is still it, you'll see eaten, the little
1: pellets you'll, see, you'll just see yeah. a little ball of fur yeah <laughs> yeah
2: well yeah. one of our other early projects was the napa valley bee company and uh, sustainable beekeeping mm-hmm. and that's where we learned because we taught the kids at Connolly ranch oh boy did they love learning mm-hmm. about bees loved it yeah well so Rob Keller and his team were doing you know zero emission bee saving so if you said I've got this really crazy hive in this big tree and the tree needs to come down or some I just found something in the eve of this old barn and and mm-hmm. you know when you th- the wild native bees are the strongest again right, they're right, not the ones right. you want to kill or get rid right, of at not all the ones you want to buy from so they somewhere. go on their bikes yeah. and their ladders <laughs> and their things and they actually move or save or re re indoctrinate these mm-hmm. hives into you know some other place but they were teaching the kids um you know how to feed bees and how do you have this bee garden Mm -hmm. and it's just it's so interesting you think about cities if they started to landscape cities right that were healthy for pollinators. Okay, All right. well, that's not hard to do. No. Um, so I love learning about stuff from people like that, and then being able to pass it on because once the light bulbs go, start to go off, people yep. can make a lot of simple yeah. changes. Yeah. Right. Where,
1: where did Rob Keller come from? I've heard that name. Well, he but was I don't...
2: an artist for a while, um, mm. and then he just got really passionate about bees, and now he's one of the experts. And he's got a um, Napa and Sonoma clients that have he either helps people set up. Um, their hives if they mm. want an apiary or mm. he helps save and move them if they have a problem with mm-hmm. some native yeah. <laughs> bee colony that they can't and you know to take it a, a couple steps further there's some really interesting beekeepers in Sonoma and, oh, and Sebastopol yeah. that do biodynamic beekeeping mm-hmm. and they're really the the hives or they have to be very specific mm-hmm. but The bee industry, honey in general, but pollination, too, got industrialized just like everything else. And they were given antibiotics and they were given high fructose corn syrup and they were put in Mm. things that had plastic in them and all kinds of other things. Well, they were trucking
1: these bees around. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then they're eating all one thing for a week and then they're eating all one thing for another. We
2: had a bee episode. It
0: was fun. (laughs) We learned a lot about bees. And talk
2: about, I mean, the kids. So Rob... He had a um, giant Airstream, and he put oh. this plexiglass, see-through hive inside, with oh, a tunnel in and out, and so the kids could walk in and see this hive, this colony, and this oh. hive being made any t- any minute of the day. That they were watching amazing. them work. And it was so cool. You could put a
1: camera on that and put it online. Seriously. Oh, he, <laughs> yeah. He has. yeah. yeah. Napa <laughs> Valley Bee Company. Website. Go check it yeah, out. Yeah,
2: Valley Company. Wow, so but
0: awesome.
1: Can I, I just want to get a shout out to the Lavender Labyrinth and Flower Gardens that's on Petaluma Hill Road. Oh, uh, on, yes. On your way between um, um, Pengrove and Santa Rosa. I, I had driven by it because I like to hike up on Taylor Mountain. And i driven by it a hundred times and finally stopped there last week. And the... They have a lavender labyrinth. Uh They have ducks uh and chickens out there. Um, They've got every kind of flower you can imagine, all these natural grasses, and they Mm -hmm. sell honey. And I had bought their last jar of honey, but they had some from another um, um, place that was in West Petaluma. But bring the kids. They allow you to just bring lunch there, and they have picnic tables, oh, and you can just sit cool. there. And eat. But don't go there if you're allergic to bees. Right. Mom. Because <laughs> it's literally the whole time you're there, you're mm-hmm. hearing.
0: Mm, you're nervous. I mean, they're, they're,
1: <laughs> they're, they're around. They're, they're, they're all it. over yeah. the place. But the honey is amazing. Uh, yeah. How great. Yeah. And it's free. I mean, you just walk oh, in and, and go magical. check it out. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. And all that, now I told my daughter and her friends, and they're all excited about going. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So this is awesome. This is I'm like so excited to see the changes that are coming and watch what happens over the next few months and get my subscription to my secret surprise box. Oh
2: yeah. How many Wait products are
1: actually on on the website currently?
2: We have about 50 Okay. And then for discovery, we have three thirty thousand. Wow! And that's farms, markets, mm-hmm. and product companies that are all really well qualified and vetted. And and again, the ideas, the things that you want to start to really shout out about or mm-hmm. tell each other about could then become something for sale quite easily. Mm-hmm. In the meantime, you are learning about a lot of things and being able to keep track of topics mm-hmm. and and products and companies and farms that are actually meeting the needs of the things that we're really excited about mm-hmm. so barn raiser you know every bite counts here mm. We're discovery yeah, connectivity yeah. shopping mm. and giving and really being part of the tribe of passionate eaters that that know that um we can be part of shifting things right. we don't have to but just this, wait for this to isn't shift. gonna
0: make you rich though
2: it's a, very, it's a very very big slow, idea. Actually, big ideas. it's a very big idea, and um, our impact, our goal for our impact is well over a billion dollars of economic impact for small wow. businesses. That's what we believe we can do.
1: <laughs> Start small, yeah, right, <laughs> but, exactly. But again,
2: it's uh-huh. lots of small things add up, and the the movement is here. The time is now, mm-hmm. and these producers, I don't want on my. Watch for them to go away because right. it's too hard and the channels don't work right. and exactly. retail is, is kind of a mess and it's not really on their side. Right. At the end right. of the day. And if we can help and change that, we can. Yeah. 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 So come one, come all. Okay. I just for joined you on, um, <laughs> yeah, <if laughs> Thank you, you on Instagram. Yeah. If you want to go on Instagram,
1: yeah. Barnraiser.us. Mm-hmm. Um, and great, great pictures. You've got over 15,000 followers on here.
0: Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, it's awesome. Sandra just hit
1: it's go time. Sondra just we hit, just 10, hit 10, ten a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, so exactly. She was like, very "Oh, excited.
0: finally, we can have a swipe up." That's right. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <That's> so crazy. <laughs> it's so fun. So, how do people find you? Find so BarnRaiser. So
2: BarnRaiser.us. Okay and of course you can follow us on Instagram too we're very active on Instagram and Facebook but the best thing is to go to the site get on our list and start hearing about all of the great projects and products that are coming and participate share bring others tell us who you love tell us who we need to know about in your communities Mm -hmm. um, or things that you've discovered in your travels that fit the bill for um, you know people and products that are changing the way we eat Mm-hmm. And farm for the better, yeah. It's and awesome. thank you for having me.
0: Oh no, this was so great. Thank you for yeah, doing this. Uh, awesome. You know
2: the pioneering work over the last couple decades <laughs> to get more and more people excited about good food and wine, which yeah. is the first step. Yeah,
0: not a not a hard. I mean, it's a hard job, but it's not a hard vision.
2: It's not a hard job from Northern California. That's well, for that's sure. Right, we yeah, are quite. Right. But I am excited that. That uh, innovation is happening oh, really in every corner of this country, yeah. and and that's going to be a big part of how we see, you know, people determining right good the education. And the education is huge how they want to live. Yeah.
1: And is there, so I don't know if this has happened already or if this is something you're looking for the future of having a barn raiser event where we can go to a barn raiser event uh, and yeah. then all of these products will be there in, under one roof that we can actually try and sample. Yeah. and
2: Yeah, we'll do the first one here. How about that in Sonoma? Oh, fanta- yeah, let's do it it do our, Yeah, Sonoma. fantastic. Yeah. we could do the right first here one in there. your warehouse. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think yeah. Sweet D might be best. <laughs> <place. laughs> okay, we
0: can
1: do it there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's funny. Okay, I think that would be yeah. great. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah.
2: Would it's in be the Very works. fun. Okay, Yeah, awesome.
1: Okay, and um, you kind know,
2: of a, a country country tour, right? City by city. Yes, yeah. fantastic. And
1: well, yeah, because taking, you've got people from all over. Yes. Yeah. Right. All right. If you want to check out some of these wonderful products, go to barnraiser.us. You can, I I recommend just do what I did is just sort of navigate around the site and check it out. It's fun to see some of these products and you're like, how did I not know this was a thing It's
0: available? Right, (laughs) right, right.
1: Yeah. So it's exciting. And uh, you can also follow. It's very inspiring
2: to find out what people are doing and to know that, you know, really um, so many, many people are, Creative mm-hmm. and they're inspiring, and they're passionate. giving of their time and their life, and they're passionate, and they have amazing food to give. So yeah. and let's yeah, also get a,
1: a shout out to Connolly Ranch, um, right? Yes. Um, and I don't know if they're still doing things. It's kind of late in the summer for the kids, but sounds like they do stuff year round um, to have people come visit.
2: They do stuff year round for schools that want to travel to them, and then all summer and on breaks okay nice. So, yes nice cool. connellyranch.org.
1: nice okay perfect yeah. thank you and we'll post some of the pictures of the um the things that we tried today on our instagram account and i don't know if this wine is getting left um here is it <laughs> <laughs> it's i don't know if, left. i don't know if that's a prop <laughs> it's getting left go with brian and yeah. i and i will um definitely post a picture of that on the um Um, On the winemakers website. So,
0: so this is, I've listened to like a dozen podcasts on all different subjects this weekend. And, um, you know, you hear everybody on a podcast say, if you like this episode, like it, share it with a friend, tell somebody else. And I'm like, why does everybody say this? Like, it's like a thing. Like we learned it.
1: Well, it helps you if you're getting reviews and getting rated, then it helps you move up in the search, which, which, you know.
0: Yeah. I searched podcasts, food podcasts, and I scrolled and scrolled and scrolled and we're pretty down there Right. and we want to be higher because we think we have fun stories to tell
1: definitely and i and i was just thinking about this the other day that that that's the thing that i'm enjoying the most about this it's not it's not getting to try the little hot sauce and things but it's turning people on to these things that they don't know and and then i start utilizing them in my daily life exactly i use are you still vegan i'm not vegan but i have i have miyoko's butter i'm using it it's in my refrigerator
0: okay i swear to god I, I drink rebel get,
1: drinks now. I when drink I rebel, went to I go really.
0: to um, get my Burrata, mm-hmm. I looked in the butter section of Whole Foods mm-hmm. and there was no Miocas butter.
1: Uh, I they don't had know why. the cream
0: cheese, they had the cheese, okay. but where did you buy the butter? Well,
1: that happens at Oliver's sometimes. It actually runs out. Okay. This is how good this butter this is. is. Like, <laughs> yeah,
0: we're using it in one of our vegan dishes Are at really? the restaurant now. Yeah, it's it's amazing. I don't yeah. think you would really know it's vegan. No,
1: it. I, I've it's given amazing. it to everyone that will that Miyoko, will taste and it, and they think phenomenal. it's a French butter. Yeah, I'm
0: yeah, putting that on my list for
1: you. Okay. Yeah. So so I guess if you want to leave us a review, is that what you're saying?
0: <laughs> yeah. So please, <laughs> so review us. Yeah. Only if it's good.
1: Right. No, we so only we, want five stars. Uh,
0: yeah, only five stars. But right. yeah, tell your friends. If you have a guest that you think we should interview and talk to, let us know. Yeah. yeah.
1: And uh, thank you so much for listening. We do appreciate it. This has uh, been The Bike Goes On. You can go to the thebikegoeson.com to get uh, direct access to all of the podcasts. And also, Saunders done some work so you can see some pictures and video of the different things that we've done. Or you can also go to radiomisfits.com and, and download us from there and uh Sandra, I will look forward to talking to you next week Eileen thank you so much for coming on the show yeah, thank appreciate it it's been so thank fun yeah. thank so you both great. Yeah, and thank so you for bringing great. stuff we're, we're a little yeah. upset sometimes people don't bring stuff we're I not know, really that's upset. not right <laughs> is it we like to try stuff yeah
0: hey, hey. so funny. So yeah. thank we you we donut people yes well,
1: <laughs> well yes we're now no yeah. we didn't we didn't get our baked goods last no. week that's okay that's okay <laughs> all it's right okay. thanks again we'll talk to you next week